Hi, this is Dan Corver, uh, pastor here at Dalton Hill Baptist Church. <clears throat> we're a small Baptist church located in Owasso, Oklahoma. We're small enough to know you, but we're big enough to serve you and for you to serve as well. Our vision is to rescue, restore, and return to service. Rescue a non-believer or a believer who has been hurt or is lost. Restoring them to Christ in fellowship with other believers with the desire that they in turn will help others along their way. Uh, we've been going through a series, if you remember, on uh, on Paul, and we're mainly trying to see how he did things and trying to then implement them into our life. Today I'd like to do uh, leading as Paul led. Leading as Paul led. There's a lot of different types of leadership styles. There's a dictatorship. Uh, we've all had bosses like that. I remember at the refinery after we bought the Sinclair refinery, two bosses went over there that were not, they're not with the company anymore, and part of it was some of the ways they handled leadership. Uh, one I went into a meeting right after we bought the refinery, kind of a hostile takeover type of deal, and said, uh, we're having to come to Jesus meeting, and I'm Jesus. And that's not the way to end, you know. Another one that uh, went in, and uh, a person whose wife, was a co-worker's wife, was, had cancer, was in bad shape. Just came in and said, I'm sorry, my mind just hadn't been at work. Like, yeah, I understand, I'm 100% agreeing with that. And uh, the boss just blew up at him and said, I don't care what's going on in your personal life when you come here, you better have your mind on what's going on. And uh, so obviously, a lot of leadership styles, good and bad. You also have, you, how many of you, does this bother when you have the passive, non-confrontational parent in the restaurant? And their kids are running around and going screaming and doing all the problems and you're trying to eat or talk and you can't hear anything because of the, you know, the kids are going absolutely nuts. Which kids will do that, but it's not like they have no control. But you know, you think about it, there's a lot of different types of styles. But what about Paul? I want us to think about leading as Paul led. And you can get a summary, it's in 1 Corinthians 11. We're looking at basically three passages today, but we'll get a, a summary of it. When Paul actually, chapter 11 and verse 1 actually fits, is the end of chapter 8, or 10 rather. And chapter 10 through uh, 8 through 10 is a one particular subject. And he's, this is basically Paul's conclusion. I want to think about the summary leading as Paul leads. Notice what he says in verse 1 of chapter 11, 1 Corinthians. Be imitators of me just as I am of Christ. Now, how many of you would like people. Can you go around and say, I want you to imitate me. Alright? Son, I want you to imitate a loving your wife like I love Jean. Hey kids, I want you to work like I work. Hey, I want you to respect your parents like you. You look at it, how many of us would like to make that summary? You guys want to know how to do things? Just do and follow my example. And so I think it's a great uh, thing to be thinking about. Uh, basically, he's saying, do as I say and do as I do. And I think that's one of the uh, greatest things you can say to somebody. That's his summary. Now, remember I said this was the end of chapter uh, 8 through 10. He's dealing with uh, questions he was asked. So if you go back and look at three questions, and thinking as Paul thinks would be the first one. But look at it in chapter 8. He comes up, remember they're dealing with, in chapter 8 through 10, they're dealing with the weaker brother. And I want you to think in chapter 8, he asks a question when he's dealing with it. 
chapter 8, verse 13. That'll be the first question, is thinking as Paul did. Notice what he says in verse 13. Therefore, if food causes my brother to stumble, I'll never eat meat again, that I might not cause my brother to stumble. Am I thinking of myself or my brother or sister? I'm just like, I have the right. If they don't like it, they can hang in their air. I think that's the thinking that most people have. And he's saying, okay, if you remember, and this will be true when you go to different places. Uh, if you're, if I had a, a Muslim friend come over, I didn't even think about it. I ordered pizza and I ordered uh, pepperoni pizza. His kids, and I wondered when I got back, you know, we went out and his kids are with my kids. They didn't eat anything. Why? Well, they can't eat uh, pork. And so what happens is then the uh, same thing. So you have to be, you know, could I have ordered a different kind? Of, I didn't even think about it. But yes, you certainly can. But so am I thinking of myself or am I thinking? So, you know, if I know that that's going to bother a certain person, then I just, you know, basically I won't order that or do order something else or whatever it might be. And so I think it's a good first question, thinking like Paul does, am I thinking of myself or am I thinking of my brother? In chapter 10, he'll give you a couple of more questions and you're thinking like Paul does. Look over in chapter 10 and you'll notice in verse 23 and 24 a couple of more questions we can ask. You want to think like Paul does? All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. Think what I just said. Was it lawful for me to for me to go order a pepperoni pizza? Was it profitable? Nope. All things are lawful, but are all things edifying? Is that going to build up his kids when they're trying to live under the teaching that his dad had given? No. So second question you can ask, are my activities profitable in edifying myself or edifying them? You know, obviously my kids love pepperoni pizza. But they felt terrible. They were the ones that were getting on me too. Why'd you order a pepperoni pizza? Didn't think about it. You know? But you know, thinking like Paul is, am I thinking of myself or my brother? Are my activities profitable in edifying myself or my brother or my sister? You notice the third question he's going to come down to. You notice in verse 31 down to 33, before he says, imitate me. Notice in verse 31. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How many things are we supposed to do to the glory of God? Everything. So again, the question comes down, is this glorifying me or is this glorifying God? And if it's not glorifying God and it's glorifying myself or whatever it might be, I shouldn't do it. So you notice you go down and he says, give need no offense either to Jew or to Greek or to the church of God, just as I am pleasing all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. And then notice he said, be imitators of me like I am of Christ. So the three questions, then, am I thinking of myself or my brother or sister? Second question, I'm thinking like Paul, are my activities profitable and edifying me or my brother or sister? And third, are my actions and my words bringing glory to myself or to God? When you start asking those questions, gray issues change to more black and white. Let me give you an example. This isn't to brag on me. This happened at work this, this week. Actually, happened Friday. We've got two new vector drivers driving around. What they do is they suck out the, the product out of my tanks and out of 55-gallon drums and stuff like that and send it back to the refinery. 
Well, the first one comes up and he's uh, sucking stuff out and it's a two inch hose and they don't, normally stuff's three or four inch because it's larger, get a lot more volume, but my stuff's two inch. Well, he backed up and he ran over his hose before I was there. Well, how effective do you think you're going to be sucking something out of a hose that's basically almost completely clapped? It's taking him forever. Well, it's the only one he has. You're new on the job. How many of you want to go call Glenn and say, hey, Glenn, I just ran over this hose. Uh, you know, what's going to happen? Lose his job. Okay. I have a bander. I have bands. I have a new cam lock fitting. I can take it to the shop. I can cut off five feet of hose, put it in, reband it, and what happens? It's all good. Alright, so I go get the band, I had to go by the tool room and I had to go get the bander, and I called him up and said, hey, meet me at such and such location, where I have a secondary shop with a big vice, we take care of it. Well, then he's sucking out a drum. I've made a bunch of stingers. What a stinger is, when a 55 gallon drum, you can't get a two inch hose or any hose. So you put a stinger that can go down inside it and suck it out. And so I told him to go to the garage and suck out the oil from the when they did the uh, all the oil changes and all the vehicles. 55 gallon drum was full. He sucks it out. Well, later in the day I drive by and he leaves his stinger there. He drives and goes back in the plant and leaves. Well, is it mine? But if I call his boss, what's going to happen? They don't use the stinger very often, but it's supposed to have a stinger on every truck. But I'm going back in the plant. Can I pick up the stinger and put it on my truck and say, hey, I'm at such and such location, come by. He comes by and he's very, very thankful. Okay. Would that cost me that much time? But did it help him out? The other one on the other side in the east plant, he had he just a new backup driver and he want, didn't know where my tanks were, didn't know what the world would do. So I go over there, he's supposed to be trained, but you go over there and then I also tell him, I said, also you need to open vents. What happens if you don't open a vent and you suck it out? There you go, exactly right. You're going to collapse the sides of the tanks. So I had to tell him, he then called me, where do you, how do you vent this one to different ones? Okay, am I going to call the boss and say you got you know you got this guy over here? He doesn't even know how to do it, or he sucks in it. You just tell him how to do it. You're there to help him out, and then you move on. He'll remember the next time. I doubt the guy's going to run over the back truck, a hose again, and I doubt the other guy is going to forget how in order to open to vent something. That's the whole goal. Am I thinking of the other people, or am I thinking I want to make a name for myself, or do whatever, or calling the boss, or you know, doing whatever you might do? So I think it's important when we look at it. So thought about this. Can you name three activities that you did this week? How well would they fit the three questions? Thinking of myself, or my brother, or sister. Are my activities profitable and edifying to me, or to my, to them? Are my activities or works glorifying God or glorifying myself? So if I want to lead like Paul, I have to think like Paul. And most of us are in the world we live in, we think about who? Ourselves and how to move up the ladder and how to do whatever. Second one, what about showing? This would be over in 1 Thessalonians. Showing is Paul did. So we have to think like Paul does, but we also have to show like Paul did or a public display. 
First Thessalonians chapter one. And you, you'll notice in chapter 1 and chapter 2, he'll use the word know a lot. Because when Paul, you remember, you remember the missionary journey, Paul went to Philippi first. If you remember at Philippi, the Philippians ever came to know Christ, that's when he got beat up and everything else. And he left, and then he goes to Thessalonica, and they came down and had a lot of big uproar there too. But notice what you have, first of all, notice in verse 5 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Showing as Paul did. Notice what he says here. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you. Notice he says, as we proved. They saw it. I think it's interesting. We didn't just come talking to you about things, but you saw the power and public display of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> we showed you. How many times are we only told how to do things, but we're never shown how to do things? And how many of you are a visual learner? A lot of people are visual learners. You can tell them how to do things, but until you show them how to do things, over half of the people you work with will not see it. And Paul is saying, hey, you saw it wasn't just words. You saw it in action, and you saw the power. And what I said, very simple gospel. Are we showing people? We want to tell them, are we showing them how to do things? And uh, I think it's so important. Notice when you go on to chapter 2, he'll use the word know again. Notice in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 2, so we power in the public display. Notice in verse 1 and 2, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, but after we had already suffered and been mistreated, so physical and mental things in Philippi, which I just mentioned to you in Acts 16, and as you know, we have the boldness in our gospel to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. Again, the public display. You saw when I came, you knew what we came from. And when I was there, remember that was with Jason. You remember he had the big outcry with Jason and they, they basically thought that Paul had people and they persecuted him there at Thessalonica and so on. He's writing to him, hey, you saw, in the midst of all the stuff, I still spoke the truth, I was still bold, I did all this. So you have the public display. It's easy to sit in an office and do things. What happens when you're out there showing people and taking the criticism, doing everything, how to do things? He's showing them what to do. And he's saying, you know it, you saw it. So it's not like I'm saying things you don't already know. Notice when he gets to verse 3 of chapter 2. So you have the Power and the public display they saw. You also had the pressed on with boldness. Notice, I think it's interesting in verse 3 down to verse 6. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit. But just as you've been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. We did not come to you with flattery of speech, as you know, nor the pretext of greed, God is witness, nor do we seek the glory of men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles we might have exerted our authority. That's quite something. No greed, no fake, didn't do it for money, didn't get paid by you. You saw everything. We did it out of love for you, to help you, and it's public knowledge, you all know it. One of the greatest things you can do is to show people 
It's easy to say things in one thing, or you show them the other. And Paul says, hey, when we were there, we came with public display, with power, we presented the gospel. Among opposition, we still did it. We didn't do any pretext or make things people think we were something we weren't. And we didn't do it for money. Notice down in verse 9, what does he say? Verse 9, You recall, brethren, our labor, our hardship, how we work night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you. We proclaim to you the gospel of God. What's he saying there? Why is he working night and day? Support himself. Support himself. We didn't charge you. You're our witness. I'm making tents and doing this to make a living. And then I'm doing the gospel and I'm helping you over here. Nothing that I do is pretty. You're a public witness. I never took it down from you. I helped you out. Say, so not only are we need to think like Paul, we need to show public display that people realize Paul was doing these things because he loved him and helped him. Notice what also you have the proclaiming free. Notice in verse 10. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devotedly, uprightly, blameless we behaved towards you believers. I always can say, hey, I did everything with purity, blameless, without spot. Everything I did, no, nothing for my glory, no pretext, everything. I told you how to do it. I proclaimed it. I want you to think like I think. I want you to show like I did. Now, when you think about that, you know, do my actions both publicly and privately match what I proclaim? What about my motives? I was, uh, anytime after a holiday, one of the most difficult holidays you have for Gene at the post office is right after uh, Martin Luther King. Whenever you're closed, for that many days, what happens the next day when you open up? You have all the mail and everything comes in. <clears throat> she goes in at 6, went in early. She has 750 boxes to go to. She had 283 scans, boxes. Not only the mailbox deliver the mail, 283 uh, boxes are, you know, when people order things to deliver. 22 certifieds. A certified is a letter and you have to go to the door and get a signature. Now you're getting home you get off after six. Another is Rick, who helped train here. He's 73. He got back early. He doesn't, eyesight's not that good. They sent him out on a route he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to use his phone. So he's supposed to be delivering packages to areas after dark where you don't know where they are, and you don't know how to use G GPS. So you can't punch in the number, and it tells you to lead you to that house. Now how well is he going to do when he can't see? So Jane and Lisa then went to go help him. Did they have to? No. Because they cared for him and they wanted to help him up. So now she gets home, gets off at night. Now you don't get paid for it, but hey, why are you doing it? Because you care for him and you want to help. So now you put in a 15-hour day. And then you go six days a week. But then if, so if you say you care about somebody, when something comes up, what are you going to have to do? You either, you either show it or your actions don't match your order. And uh, I think it's important for all of us, are we really doing that? Showing, one of the best examples I had of this showing was my older brother, uh, Bruce. It's been 30 years ago or more when he lived here. He's been in Houston for many years. And I was doing some work at his house and went by. He was in the summertime, I remember, because he had shorts. My brother doesn't usually wear shorts. He's just one that doesn't. And I looked on his 
thigh, and there was this enormous bruise. It's the line going across his leg. What in the world? He was kind of embarrassed, didn't want to tell him. So anyway, I kind of pressed him. He said, well, Brian, who's my nephew, I don't know what he did, he did something wrong. He said, I was trying to teach him about how Jesus took our punishment for us. And so I was showing him how I basically I spanked myself and I took the punishment for him. And I thought, well, you give you credit, you gave a pretty good spanking on yourself. <laughs> but how many of us did that show him? People see then. It's not just actions. But that's an illustration I'll guarantee you that my nephew has never forgotten. And he has three sons of his own today. So think about it. What about you? Do my actions match? So notice, am I thinking like Paul thought? Asking these different questions. Am I showing it? And I think what happens, why does God put us in certain places all the time? Because He wants to know if we're thinking and acting like He does. That's what we need to do. Because that's when it's going to show. If everything's going great, who doesn't want to be a Christian if everything's going great? He wants us to show and imitate Christ when things are good and when things are bad. Christ willingly went to the cross. What about serving as Paul served? And I'm going to look into chapter 2. Notice some different examples that you have here. Notice in verse 7. Devoted as a mother. Notice in verse 7. We prove to be gentle among you as nursing mothers tenderly cares for her own. Having thus a fond affection for you, we imparted, were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel, but also our lives, because you became very dear to us. Uh, mothers are just eight hours a day, right? And you just work eight hours a day, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it only goes for 18 years, too, doesn't it? Yeah. No. You think about it. And I remember with Jane, when they have the jaundice, and then you have you know, the ear infections and the colic and all that stuff. Well, I'm so thankful I had to go off to work. <laughs> I had it easy. Man, with all that stuff going on. Paul said that's the way he was among them. And they knew it. He's not saying I'm not telling you what to do. I go back and remember what I did. Morning, noon, and night, whatever you needed, like a mother, I was there. I was there for you. And so what happens is if we want to lead like Paul, I need to think like him. I need to you know serve and speak like him. But how many of us are doing that? That's the next one that he has on here. And you think about it. What about in verse you have it now in verse eleven and twelve? Just as you know, we were exhorting, encouraging, and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that we may walk in a manner worthy of God, who has called us into his own glory, kingdom. So one is devoted as a mother, but developing as a father. Fathers are encouraging, exhorting, trying to get their children to do different things. One of the best examples I saw of that, whenever you know, we go to cross-country meets and Will was the cross-country coach and stuff, Cross country would be anywhere from two miles, depending on the age, or to 3.1 miles in high school. And where do you think the parents and the dads would be? They'd be at the starting line, and cross country leads them all over the different stuff. They'd then run across the track. When they, when do they need that encouragement the most? The first mile is okay. It's that middle mile. That's when their times are drunk. Well, they'd run across the course, and they'd be right there in the middle to encourage them, right? Get to keep them going. 
And boy, it's amazing what happens when they come around and they hear that encouragement. You know, they'd speed up again. And then the dads would run where? To the end. All the way to the end, and then do what? Yelling, Yelling and encouraging again. How many of us are doing that for our spiritual children? We're encouraging, we're exhorting, we're doing different things to help develop. We don't want to do like Ephesians and Paul says, don't provoke them to things and have them lose heart, but encourage them. You know, Will had to, I had to give some of his parents' uh, dads credit. They had some sons that were not very athletic, even though they were on college scholarships themselves and track and different things. That's hard when you are a college athlete to encourage your son who is not even a very good high school athlete. But they're there encouraging them to be the best that they can be. And I think we, we need to do the same thing. Am I exhorting someone to be the best that they can be? I had another dad who had two uh, children, a son and a daughter. I coached basketball. And both of them ended up with college scholarships. But what happened, they'd get us, and he was also head coach in his day, and he would get so verbal with his yelling at the refs and yelling at his kids that he would get kicked out of different games. Now, how good do you think it is when you're at a Christian school and one of your fans keeps getting kicked out of games? And you'd have to go talk to him. I promise I won't do it again. I'll keep my mouth shut. But what do you think happened to his kids? When he made such an embarrassment on them, their game was finished for the rest of that game. They wouldn't play very good because of how embarrassed they were of their dad. I think it's important for us are we encouraging the right, but not also, they also have to allow them to be them, but then don't be so embarrassed. And I think we can really have a lot we're taking. So, am I devoted like a mother? Am I developing as a father? But then also you get to chapter 3. Notice what also happens. Therefore, we cannot endure it any longer. He's concerned about it. We thought it best to be left behind at Athens, and we sent Timothy, our brother, God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, strengthen and encourage you in the faith. And then notice in verse 10, as we night and day kept praying most earnestly that we might see your face and they complete what's lacking on your faith. Dedicated. Did Paul want Timothy with him? Yes. But he's so concerned about them, he said, I'd rather be left here alone and you go check on them. Because I care more about what? About them. Same thing happens for, for all of us now, and you, you know, a lot of you are te- helping take care of grandkids and different things like that. That's important to think about it as the spouse or whatever. Am I caring so much about myself or about the kids and the grandkids? And hey, I'm going to have to allow for things because we're, I care enough about it. So stop and you think about it. We look at it then, you think about it, if I want to leave that call, I, am I thinking like it? You have the questions. Am I showing? A lot of people tell you how to do things, but they never show you. And then am I serving? Let me ask you some questions. This in closing, then we're going to sing that song. Think about it. Am I willing to serve morning, noon, and night as a mother does, caring more for the child than personal comforts? That would fit a mother, wouldn't it? I'm sure she just wants to get up at two o'clock in the morning, right? And how many times do you sit there and and you? heard it, but pretended like you didn't so that she would hear it, so she would get it. Alright? 
Do I desire the godly development of my child as much as their physical development? How many times as dads do we, we really work hard so they'll be a great ball player or they'll be able to make a living? But we never train them spiritually. And I think we have one of the greatest things and needs we have in America today is dads have to train their children how to be godly leaders. Third question, do I think of others, their interests, their feelings, or just not? The tendency, just think of who? You know what Paul says in Philippians 3, don't think of your own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this attitude in you which was in Christ Jesus. If Jesus was thinking of himself, how would you think he would have died on the cross? All right, and the last one. Do my public display match my private display or profession? I say this in public, but what at home doesn't match it. That's really what the question comes down to. So think about it. When you think about it today, then, leading as Paul led, thinking, showing, and serving. We'd love for you to come and visit with us and fellowship with us. We're located at 8263 North Owasso Expressway, which is on the east side of Highway 169 North, between 76th and 86th Street North. We have coffee and fellowship from 8.30 to 9 Sundays, followed by Sunday school for all ages from 9 to 9.45, and our Sunday morning worship service is from 10 to 11. We likewise have a Wednesday night service for all ages from 7 to 8. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with you all the time.